If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. Let's bring her out. A star attraction. The one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Ms. Judy Gold. Tell me your journey to doing stand-up. So then I did a horror film. Um, it was my first big feature film called but do you, you have an agent, I'm saying. I'm, I'm no, assuming. no, I didn't have an agent. Okay, yet. go ahead. I was in New York still. So I did okay. that. And then I met my friend David Gregory, who directed it. And he was like, if you want to do TV film, you should go out to L.A. And I had met this. Um, my first experience with L.A. was pretty brutal because I met this lawyer guy while I was waitressing. And I was like, oh, you know, this is going to be my big Hollywood story. I was discovered. And he introduced me to this manager who was this like Russian lady, you know, working in Jewish. Yeah, I think. Well, I don't know, actually. Okay, well, we're going to make her Jewish. Okay, because I wanted to ring the bell. Jewish. Yeah, she had she had a Theraball like the one I'm seeing. Oh, yeah, I have the Theraball right here. Yeah, had that as her office chair. Well, I usually I sit on that, too. uh, And I do like back exercises. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably good for you. Did she have a holder for the Theraball? Probably. I don't have the holder. I just sit on the ball. All right, go ahead. So anyway, yeah. So she sent me on a ton of auditions and I bombed all of them. Oh, please. No, it was like, I didn't understand what pilot season was. I didn't understand the pressure. Right. But isn't that good though? You'd think, but I think I just wasn't prepared. Right. I don't think it was like a good not prepared. I think it was like- Know. So would she call you and be like, listen, Erica, uh, I don't know what accent this is, but just go with it. Erica, they said you were not prepared. I can't, I cannot uh, represent you. What the fuck is going on here? I cannot do this anymore. Like what happened? Well, she kind of did that, but in a more passive aggressive way. So she said, <laughs> so she said, I don't know. I don't understand what's happening because we are not getting any call back, call back. So can you come in and uh, just read with us for a bit? So I read with her assistant and he's like, she's fine. She's good. Right. And then they sent me again out for like 10 more and I bombed again. And then um, she ignored me. I got like the cold shoulder. I came to. to she ghosted her. you? She like, yeah, they were the assistant, you know, was like looking at me and looking at the guy next to me who obviously had an appointment with her. Right. And shifting back and forth between us, looking at me. Right. She's at lunch, but she'll be back soon. But she's at right. lunch, but she's coming on her way. Right. So, and I was like, oh, I get it. So I laughed. But did you feel defeated? Like, oh, humiliated. I mean, it's, I it is awful. Yeah, I felt awful. I felt like I blew my one big chance. You right. Know? I was like, is it's she, over. What was her company like? Did she, was it a successful, did she have like clients that worked? Yeah, I think she did. But I think that she has that sort of like throw it up against the wall and see if it's. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 She took on a lot of young people and then would just drop them, you know, if they didn't book something right away. Is she still around? Yeah. I'm going to look her up and find out who she is. Um, 
I hate that passive aggressive shit. Don't you? I know. Just tell, yeah, just tell. Like, why can't you just come and say, you know what? It's not going to work out, but like right. the best. And why don't you like take some more classes or, you know. Yeah, we like tried that. and we feel yeah. like you're not prepared, but, you know, co- keep in touch. But to I fucking know. make you sit there and that and the and the poor assistant. I know. It's so just fucking so this is cold. I fucking hate. So did you ever see her? Or never again. Never saw her again. You just got up and were like, oh, okay. Yeah. I like I hate, sobbed. I, hate- I called my friend sobbing. Like she, oh. you know, they're not going to represent me. And she ghosted me. <laughs> Fuck her. Yeah. Okay. So what happens? What? So then I just decided I'm going to move there anyway. Cause I was just stubborn and right. I- Next time I'm going to be prepared. And I had a friend who I'd gone to acting school with and she lived in Mar Vista. Uh huh. Like I, my neighbor just moved out. So I moved in right next to her. And how old are you at this point? 23. Okay. And you yeah. moved to California and your parents are like, okay. <laughs> I don't, it's so funny when you keep saying my parents, cause I like can't remember having any talks with them about moving to LA. Like I remember talking about moving to New York. Right. But I just feel like I decided to move to LA and no one had any say. Like, I feel like no one said anything. Well, as a mother, yeah. uh, a Jewish mother, where <laughs> everything is fucking gone over and over and over and processed and reprocessed, you know, that's yeah. why I'm like in a little bit in shock. Okay. So you're 23, you're living in Mar Vista. Yeah. When does the stand up start? Oh, I should also just say that Garrison also talked me into moving to L.A. because I did the show out here and then he drove me around and kind of tried to sell L.A. to me and was like, I right. think it's a good idea for you. And he was a really good mentor for you. Like he, yeah. you, you say he, um, he really helped you yeah, I mean, he find probably, your path and yeah. He probably was the first person to really believe in me as a, you know, funny person. Right. Yeah. He definitely saw it when you were very little. So, okay. So you're 23. Yeah. I want to get into the stand-up. How do you get, well, yeah, how do, sorry. <laughs> it's like two hours in. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, honestly, I was here for another probably five years before I started stand-up. So I started pretty late. So what were you doing for five years? You were going on auditions? Web, I did a web series right. that was like pretty big and I got paid, you know, pennies for it, but it was something. And um, you were I, booking stuff. You were booking stuff. I was I'm booking like very underground stuff. Right. You no, know, I didn't really get any TV work. Right. Enough to say, hey, I can, you know, I, I can stay here and figure Kinda, this out. Yeah. Okay. Probably, like, probably the first five years are all things I wish I could um, erase oh, from my resume. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. So you're 28 then when you first yeah, do stand up? Yeah. I think I was 28 or 29 when I actually started. Yeah. The way I started was um, I got a manager because I, re- I was writing to managers trying to get representation. Like what? And like, dear diary? Like, what would you write to them? I Emails? Yeah. So the way I got my managers, I wrote, I'm a young Maria Bamford. Right. Subjects. And 
because I found Maria Bam. Someone sent me a clip of Maria Bamford doing her web series, like her right. first web series where she was doing like that depressed, you know, the, dep- the depressed, yeah. like people are scared of the dark, you know? Right, like, right. And I just thought, who is this person? Yeah. Like, she is so fascinating. Like she's not my impression of a stand-up. Like I always thought like women who did stand-up were like these, you know, like tough chicks, you know, right. like, like you know, real ballsy. Like she, Judy Gold. Thank you. Good yeah, night. like Judy. <laughs> they were all like Judy Gold. Yeah. And I was like, here was this sort of vulnerable, you know, different person, quirky. Yeah. And I sort of fell in love with her and I watched all her stuff, but I still didn't equate myself. Like I didn't, I still didn't think stand up. Right, right. Thought, oh, I'm funny and quirky like she is. Like she is, yeah. And I don't really fit in anywhere. Like I, you know, I would audition for like pretty girl roles and I just felt like I was always the girl where my hair wasn't right or right, right. was off. And I always right. looked at all the other girls and I was like, I'm not the pretty girl. Like I don't right. want to be the pretty girl. Like this isn't me, you know? So, so I just kept kind of veering towards quirky people. And uh, I found Maria and, you know, Bruce, my manager now wrote back and said, you know, yeah. Bruce, Bruce, what's his name? Bruce Smith. I yes, know. I love Bruce Smith. You know Bruce Smith? Oh my God, forever. I tried to fix him up with my sister like 35 years ago. You I love did? him. Yes, oh I love gosh. Bruce Smith. Yes. Did you know he was my manager? No, but I love oh, him. Okay, yeah. So he so he met with me and said, I don't, I don't think you're like Maria, you know, but I do think you're funny. And uh, you know, he we had this long um lunch or dinner, I forget what it was where we were, but we had Thai food and he was telling me, like, you're funny, what's your goal? And he's like, and and I was like, My goal is to be on SNL, and he's like, get a different goal. And oh, uh, I love you, Bruce. Thank yeah. you. He's like, don't be a, he's like SNL's not the fit for you. You're not right. an impressionist, you're not right. a person. He's like, but I could see you doing stand-up. And it was another year. So he represent. Time. He came to you at not, not, before not was, as an. Yeah. Okay. That's so. An that's great. And he yeah. was, you know, impressed by Prairie Home and everything. Right. And so he did see me as a funny person, but he didn't see me as a, as a you know like a sketch or right kind of thing. So, so he's the one who told you to do stand up. Pretty much. Yeah. Like I had little clues from other people, but he's the right. one who just point blank said, "I think you should do stand up." And so how do you go? What do you do? This is so, so fascinating then, to me that it's someone tells you to do it and then you're going to, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Well, I didn't do, I didn't listen for a while. I was auditioning and I would get close to getting, right. and not get it. I got, you know, it's like I got pinned for uh, like that show Brockmire. I was pinned yeah. for, for like six months. I, I Then I didn't get it. Like things like that just kept happening. Right. And so I was getting really frustrated and, um, then finally, when I had that Parks and Rec audition, I felt like that was that that's it. That's my turning point. And I went and I did an open mic and I taped it. And I was like really proud that I did it because I was. Where did so you do scared. the open mic? It was called Talking Stick and it was in Venice. And it was like mostly like hipsters and homeless. Did you tell anyone? No, no. But then and I what was your material? It oh, was all did. about the audition. It was all like, I just had the worst. I was, it was all about my life falling apart. Cause I had also right. got my, my car, um, had just been, what do you call it? When you, when they put the Rep- repossessed or, well, or almost. The, they put, oh, the they put the on thing the, on it. Yeah. 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 Fire, you know, cause yeah. I hadn't been paying my parking tickets. So like that was a mess. And you know, I was living in the crappiest apartment. So I was talking about my life falling apart. And then I, t- I talked about how bad the audition was. Did you get laughs? 
I think I got laughs, but it wasn't really the, you know, it wasn't stand up. It was more like performance art. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. And then I reenacted the audition. I had like someone play the casting director and I was like, I just need to do this for myself and redo the audition. That's so funny. (laughs) I redid it and I had them play that, you know, and, and so I did that whole thing and then I, I was proud I did it and I posted on Facebook and then Bruce is immediately like, take that down. Like, why are you posting? This right now? And so then I took it down, but Bruce, then I, yeah. yeah, I felt humiliated. Cause I was like, I did something wrong. I'm oh God. That, yeah. I know it's constant, right? It, yeah. Constantly like beating yourself up. So, right. So I probably, the, the ironic thing about it is that, um, when I posted it, this girl I had met at an audition at where we met because we had both applied for the part of medium girl. That was the whole description, medium. Like size. What does that mean? Medium. Just, that was it. It was like body type, medium. And she and I were the only <laughs> two, we, we, were, we were the only women in LA who, who were medium? Up, who, just, who identified Wait, as medium. As medium. That is fucking hilarious. Body <laughs> type, medium. I would definitely not fit into that category of sure body type, medium. Would. Body type medium, body type fucking enormous, huh? Tall, yeah, and huge, yeah. Oh my god, body type medium. Yeah, so medium. So, so we were laughing hysterically because it was just the two of us, right? Out of everyone in LA, there were only two women who were like, "I I think I'm a medium." (laughs) (laughs) And And what was it for? I don't. It was like some commercial or something, right? I don't think either of us got it, which is weird because I think we were the only ones there. That is so. fucking hilarious. Maybe it was just like a, you know, sex thing, sex yeah, trafficking. Who knows? Thing. I don't remember. All I remember is that she and I laughed hysterically that we were the only ones there. That is hilarious. <laughs> okay. So, um, and she, she ended up booking a show called, in, you know, the show Insecure. Her name's yes. Manion, and she does a lot of acting work. So she and I are still friends, but she saw mm. that I posted that video and she's like, Oh, you're doing stand up now. Do you want to do my show? And she had a show. So then I had a reason I had to learn how to do it. Cause I actually had a, sh- you know, a show. So how did you teach yourself how to do it? Or- well, Bruce again, helped me because Bruce right. like, you can't just get up and just talk. Like you've got to have jokes. And I'm like, I'm not, you know, I don't know if you were the type of stand up who started writing jokes in year five, but I was right. not type of stand up. I wasn't like, oh, I was writing jokes and I was a child. Like it was funny, but I wasn't conscious of it, you know? Right. So, um, so he like really went, he's like, you got to have a twist at the end. (laughs) A twist. Okay. (laughs) Really rudimentary. Bruce, really? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So he was my first teacher, you know, really with like, you know, teaching me how to write. I love that he did that. So when did you, so you went from these alt sort of rooms to how, how did you get into the comedy clubs and community and all that? Well, stuff? I started in LA, which is a weird place to start. Yes, for right? sure. Like I wish I had started earlier in Boston. In Boston, Boston. We used to go to Boston all the time to do stand up in yeah. the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Did you start in New York? I did. Yeah, I started yeah. in the early 80s, um, mid, early mid. Um, but yeah, we a lot of us, it was so great because we could drive three hours or three plus hours, whatever, and go do like Nick's. There were three shows on. I, I, there are so many nights I, you know, I drove to and from Boston. Um, wow. And yeah. Calhoun's. I, I loved. I had, 
I met Steve Byrne, who said recently, who said, just pretend you started in Boston because you'll, <laughs> you'll get more street cred. Yeah. Street, <laughs> it is weird to start in L.A. because most yeah. people do not start in L.A. Yeah. So yeah. where are you going? And do you get into the regular, you know, the store and the improv and the Laugh Factory? Do you start? How do you? you know, it took me a while. I actually like I think I got into comedy magic before anywhere else, you know, because I was working clean. Right. They love clean there. Yeah. Yeah. I had like good short jokes and they liked me. So what was Um, your first joke joke? I I know this is a joke was that my mom and I are a lot alike in that she, um, she turned down Harvard and I also didn't go to Harvard. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Hey, everyone, you know, one of my favorite things in life, if not my most favorite thing in life, which, yeah, it's arguably my most favorite thing in life besides my kids and is food and eating. Eating is my favorite activity and eating is better and easier with Factor. Factor, I'm telling you, I tried their stuff. It is delicious. It is great. It is high quality and they are, when I say ready to eat meals, they're ready to eat in two minutes. They're not frozen. They're never frozen. They're chef crafted, dietitian approved, and literally you heat them for two minutes. Every week you have over 35 options to choose from. They have calorie smart, protein plus, keto. I just did chef's choice. 60 or more add-ons that you can stay fueled up. They had these juice shots that were incredible. These are restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat when you are ready to eat. That's it. And they're really good. Elisa loved them too. There's no prep. There's no mess. I've tried a lot of these different kinds of meals. Factor is amazing and so convenient. It's so great to get home from a long day of like schlepping around and knowing you have this delicious meal waiting for you in the refrigerator that takes two minutes to heat up. And you can pause, you can reschedule your deliveries at any time. It is a great solution for those nights and days that you're looking for fast, great, delicious options with no cooking required. Okay? And factor is less expensive than takeout. So what are you going to do? Because I'm telling you, you have to believe me. I never lie. Factor is amazing. You're going to head to Factor Meals, F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S dot com slash Judy Gold 50, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, five zero. Okay. Judy Gold 50. And use code J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D five zero, Judy Gold 50 to get 50% off. That's code JudyGold50 at factormeals.com slash JudyGold50 and get 50% off. It's worth it. You're welcome. So how many years till you feel like, now I am very old fashioned and I feel like it takes at least 10 years to even know what the fuck you're doing up there. So how many years to you now? Granted, you've had stage time before this. So that's part of the whole process is feeling comfortable on stage. So don't you think you had a little bit of a head start because of... 
I do. I do in a way. I still feel new though. You right. know, like I, I actually you are. same. Yeah. I feel the same way that you feel where I'm like, I still don't think I know what I'm doing. You know, well, you'll, will you'll figure it out. It takes like 15 years, but it's like where you're like, I mean, I honestly feel more comfortable on stage, you know, talking than I do. Like, I just love it. I feel it is like my home base is. Well, I feel more comfortable on stage than like in normal social settings already, but I still don't always feel like I sound, I still don't feel like I'm just talking all the time. Which is yeah, I read that I, I read you I read you uh, an article where you said I just want to feel like I'm just talking you know I'm just yeah, I don't want to feel like I'm performing at right all, you know so was it hard for you to write jokes or I mean Bruce was like all right you got to write jokes so you write these jokes you have to be conversational too in a way like I remember right. when I first started and I was young and everyone was like and I would just write. I had this material about being tall and my mother and, and um, <laughs> everyone's like, why can't you just talk to the audience and be funny off the cuff? Like you usually are. And I was like, ah. and then I started emceeing. I said, I, I, it, that's what helped me to break that fourth wall and become more conversational, but it was the eighties right. and you know, and I, I was know, getting more stage time. Skipped, and I sort of skipped that step, which yeah. is maybe detrimental. You know, no, I never I didn't host, but I wasn't great at hosting because of that that brain thing. I couldn't remember, right. you know, the people I was introducing. Right. Yeah, that's the that's the other part. That's the um, main job. Yeah. Like, um, okay. So when do you start getting comedy work? Stand up work. Um, kind of early on, you know, considering. I mean I started headlining when I had only been doing stand-up for maybe like four years. How did that happen? That I don't know. Did you feel know. did you feel like, oh fuck, were you insecure? Because I mean, I was terrified. Yeah. Right. I had like all my jokes on little note cards and I was right. in my hotel, like studying them for three hours before the right. show. And now I just show up and I'm like, you know, whatever. But I was like, you know, I have to memorize these jokes and I have to do them in this order. And right. if I get it wrong, you know, they'll know. And it was, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's the process of like be, being able to just be free and organic on stage. So four years and you had to do 45 minutes. Yeah. How yeah. was that 45? Like, how was it? Did you feel? I don't think it was good. Right. No, I, don't think it, <laughs> I don't think it was good at all. <laughs> and who was, who was like opening for you? I don't remember. I think it was in, I think it was at, um, punchline in San Francisco. Oh or my God. Were you getting or money? Were you getting good money? No, no. It was okay. Just, you know, but where the it's so hard because being a headliner, it's it's a it's a big responsibility. It is. I mean, I still feel that. I still feel like you have to deliver. You know, you don't want like they paid to be there. They right. They, it's their night out. You know, and you're gonna disappoint them if you're not good. And like the easiest spot, of course, is the feature act. It's like yes. you go up twenty five minutes, thirty minutes done over. You know. They're already warmed I up. I did do that for quite a long time. I did feature yeah. for a couple of years. It's the I best. was still featuring four years in, but I just had like a couple headline gigs. Right, right, right. A little early. And I think it was probably a little too early. So how do you get your first special? I mean, you're get you you're relative. I mean, you're very lucky. 
Do you realize that? Even though the fucking, yeah. I don't know what that fucking noise is, but. Yeah, um, that's my, I guess that's my Jewish bell. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know how, it's so weird because I put my phone. Okay, we'll have to delete. I put, don't worry about it. I don't care. I mean, come on. My phone's on silent, but then it went com- to my computer. Right. Why is it going to my computer is the question. Because everything is shitty with the electronics. It used to be that you would have a conversation and you'd look at each other and then you'd end the conversation. Okay. I miss those days. Yeah. Where you didn't have a fucking phone. I hate the fucking phone. I hate it. The phone too. I hate it. I hate it. It's it's like, and I I, I realize I'm in Provincetown right now. I have a house in Provincetown. Yes. And so I sleep with the phone. I usually don't sleep with the phone in the room in New York, but I do in Provincetown because I set the alarm on the phone. But I hate it. I hate that that's the first thing I look at in the morning. It's like fucking get away from me, you fucking asshole. Oh my God, I feel the same way. And I hate social media. I need to like get off of it all. I hate it too. And you you go on and then this is what I've been doing. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go on. Right. And then I look at the clock and I'm like, I just fucking... To 20 minutes and I'm old. What the fuck? I don't have 20 minutes. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah, it's a waste of our lives. So your stand-up, you get what was your first special? Because I, I you know you've done oh, I did an album first. An album, right. Yeah. And uh, I should say that some of the jokes are similar. Like I it's not like when I did my special, it wasn't like a whole new special. Right, right, right. Some of the same jokes because right. Bruce is like, yeah, a lot of people will not have heard your album. So, right. just, you know, it's fine. Bruce is good. I like Bruce. He is, um, he's very great. Um, so, so, yeah. So I did my first album at um, Portland Helium. And yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. And then you. Um, Sad Lemon. Sad Lemon. I have that right here. The, and this it's that the, it's called Sad Lemon because of a drunk woman. Yeah. You filled a drink on stage. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, she's, yeah. So one of the shows, I just knew it wasn't going to be the show. It was just a disaster. The right. Whole through. And, and then there was this woman and she kept shouting stuff and she was drunk and then she spilled her drink. And then the lemon was on the stage. And I was like, now there's just a sad lemon on the stage. <laughs> and, I just, and I just said that. But then um, later on, after, towards the end of the show, I said, well, this isn't going to be the show, but if you guys want to shout out title ideas, just go for it. And, and somebody said sad lemon. And I was like, I actually really like, that. I love that. Thank yeah. you. Sad lemon person. Yeah. I still don't know who it was, but. Okay. Um, so one of your bits, which I wanted to talk about is, you know, you talk about what it's like to be in your twenties and your thirties. And I also, I, you know, I did a bit talking about being in my forties and fifties, but saying in your twenties, it's when you're trying to figure yourself out what the fuck's going on. Thirties you get married and have kids, 40s, you get, you know, uh, divorced and start having medical problems. And the 50s is like, fuck you. I don't give a shit. Um, (laughs) But you, I love that you, you know, you have this whole bit about 20 year olds, how they, how funny it is that they actually think they matter, which is so true. And it's what is, what is sort of kind of what's wrong with stand up now is that, you know, these politically correct, oh my God. And it's like, you've lived, you've lived on this earth for 20 years. 
Okay. Don't tell me what words I can't say and can say, and don't tell me what topics I'm not supposed to broach or talk about. Like, shut the fuck up. So I love, but you do it in a nice way. Um, (laughs) Oh, thanks. but, But you said, it's funny because you're like, cause you people think you matter. Like, it's just so funny that, and you said people got offended in Boston. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, one time I did it. I thought that was so funny, though, because, yeah, I did it at the comedy studio, you know? Remember when it used to be on top of the Chinese restaurant? Yes, yes. And so there were a lot of Harvard kids and MIT kids that would come. And I think there were a bunch of Harvard girls, and they just looked, they were like the quintessential girls that thought they mattered. They, like, looked right. all perfect, and, you know, they had gotten dressed up for the night. And, like, after that joke, they walked out, and they complained, and they were like, we just were really offended by that joke. And I, and I thought, oh, how gosh. ironic that the joke that, you know, like, you think you matter so much <laughs> that I'm going to care that you got offended by that. Like, that's ridiculous. I love that. And it's, <laughs> why is it that people... People think they could go to a comedy club and be offended and that anyone gives a fuck. That's why you're there, you fucking asshole. Right. And that you think that joke was written about you. Like I know from looking at you doesn't mean it was written about I you. I say that all the time. You know, I, I did write a book about free speech called Yes, I Can Say That. But I say in interviews all the time. Guess what, people? No one was thinking about you when they wrote that joke. OK, exactly. the world doesn't fucking revolve around you. That is a main problem. And my latest bit is about how like they're making documentaries about all these young people now. Like they right. made a, like they made a documentary about Billie Eilish who was just born. Right. You know? <laughs> right, like, right, right. Like I, you know, I just don't understand what she has to say in right. a documentary context. Exactly. Yeah. You, now you have the 30s. Can you talk about so you, the 20s is you people think you matter. Um, the thirties is when you become a person. Cause I don't right. think you're really a person yet. You're, you don't know who you are. You're, you're right. on different personality types. Right. And then you turn 30 and you just get your mom's haircut and call it a day. Right. And I had a friend say to me <laughs> that you, the way you look when you're 37, this is what someone told me is your style for the rest of your life. You know how like so you see it. people, this is it. that's it. Um, 37 is such a great age though, but that's what people say. That's what this woman told me. So like whatever you're wearing, like the way your hair is and blah, 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 that's the way it's going to be. And she's been right so far. So you say third, can you tell the joke that being in your thirties is like sort of being at a casino? Can you do that? Oh, that? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You do your joke. (laughs) Can you do your joke about the casino? Like if you're in your 30s and you're not married and you don't have kids, it is like breaking even in a casino, right? Because you didn't win, but you did not win. Right. Um, <laughs> I love that bit. I love oh, that thanks. bit. <laughs> I, um, like, I told it like how I'm like, I'm so sick of that joke. <laughs> yeah. Like, tell that joke. I know. Um, and, I, and I heard you say it on other things, but it's kind of true. It's, it's, yeah, but well, could, because it's when you start to realize that like a lot of people that you thought had their life together, like a lot of people who are married and have kids are like questioning. And miserable. Wait till your forties, wait till your forties and everyone gets divorced. Um, so why do you think you have such a knowledge of, you know, it's just the, the way you can figure that out that most people are not that aware. Oh, this is a decade where I do this. This is a decade where, you know, like you kind of sum it up really well and not take yourself so seriously and do, this is the other thing I want to know. Yeah. Do you feel 
old. Yes, but not in the way I don't feel old because I know I'm not old. Right. So I don't feel old because of my age. I feel old in that like I feel like I see things like as an old, slightly older. Person. Right, right. I know. It's the worst, yeah. right? Yeah, it is the worst cuz you so, see things before they happen. Right. <laughs> so you don't feel old. Um no, are I you looking I know I'm not old, but I feel like, you know. I mean, you feel older. Yeah. You know that you're a fucking baby, right? I mean, I'm telling you right now. That's like, well, that's also what I talk about is that 30s isn't old, you know, in your 30s. I know. But most people in their 30s are like, oh, I'm in my 30s. I know. That's what, like, yeah, that's what I talk about. I'm like, they just, they spend 10 years saying they're old. Right. And then they're like, wait, I could have just used that time for other things. Right. And um, that never ends, by the way, never ends. Um, And I also spend a lot of my time saying I'm fat. So, and then I look back- And I look and, back and I'm like, oh my God, I was so skinny in my twenties and thirties and f- like big forties. And now I'm like, I'm, fa- cause now I am fat because of fucking menopause. Not. Yes. Menopause, fucking COVID fat. Okay. What are you looking forward to in your forties and your upcoming? Like, what do you want? What is, what are your goals? Um, well, I think a lot of my goals are just what we were talking about, which is sounding more like myself on stage and being, and also being more myself in real life, you know, because I think I've struggled a lot with this sort of people pleasing mentality. Yeah. Get rid of that shit. I don't want it anymore. I'm sick of it. It's it's detrimental for your relationships and for, you know, and I, it's not who I am either. Right. You got to person. You got to get up there. You will. You will. It's only been what? 10 years? It's been eight and a half years. Eight and a half years? Oh, fuck yeah, it. You are, you are doing great, Erica. You oh, should fucking, yes, you're doing great. <laughs> just be true to yourself and you're going to get there. You just wait. In the next couple of years, you're going to be like, wow. I know. I like, I, I don't know. I feel like I want to start over. That's that's my mentality right now. I'm like, I want to like screw the act, just get up and do there. it. Go yeah. do it. Go yeah. fucking do it. Um, it's so because you do lean on it. You lean on it. Lean on me. But yeah, go up there I and lean, take risks. Lean on what? Lean on what? On the act. Like you're like, oh, oh this yeah. is easy. This is yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, I just do my jokes and that's right. it. And now I'm like, I can't do my jokes anymore. Right, you're right. Me. Right. That's <laughs> that's a great. That's a stand-up because I get bored too. I'm like, I can't do this joke anymore. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Okay. I'm very sorry about your father. Uh, I lost my father when I was in my twenties. It's oh, awful. Awful. It's just an awful, especially, you know, your father and my father was a CPA. <laughs> and, and he was a tax attorney. Wait, he was a lawyer. Wait, wait, what company? Oh no, he worked for the state of New Jersey and he Ooh. wrote the tax laws for the state of New Jersey. And he corrected the bar and CPA exams. Um, He was really smart. Dead. Wow. What was his name? Harold Gold. Harold. That was my dad's name. My dad's name was Harold. Harold Dean? Harold Harold Rosenblum. Oh, my God. My grandfather. Oh, Harold Rosenblum. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, Harold Gold and Harold Her dad was my grandfather. Yes. Now, how, what year did your grand, was your grandfather born? Oh man, I don't know. Okay, great. Yeah. So, or, yeah. yeah. Um, cause my father would be 105. 
Wow. He was older when How he had me. close to Harold's age, I think. Yes, Harold. It was, it was a very popular name then. Do you think anyone's ever going to name their kid Harold again? It's not, yeah. Well, maybe okay. Harry, maybe Harry. Yeah, there's a lot of Harry and Harrison and, you know, and my son, Harold, Henry. Henry oh, is named after, name. yeah, he's named after uh, Harold. Okay, so um, do yeah. you want to have a family? Do, like, is that ever entered, like? You know, I thought I did. It's just, it's, I'm having so much trouble thinking that's something I need to force in my life. Yeah, don't, know? yeah. You'll, it'll happen. If it happens, it happens. Blah, blah, yeah, blah. I'd blah. like to find love, but it right. feels like it's, I don't like the dating apps and I'm just, I don't like that way of finding somebody. Right. Right. Um, and then what is your ultimate, go- I mean, besides becoming a great standup, do you want to do more TV? What, what do you want to do? Well, I'd like to create my own stuff, I think, you right. know, like I'd rather, I don't really like just trying to put myself in an, in someone else's thing. It's very hard, especially when you're an individual, when you're a different, yeah, when you're uh, trying yeah. to be your own person. And right. you know, I, I get, a, I love making my own stuff. I'd like to get into more into writing too. Like, right. you know, I'd like to write a book. I'd like to write. You you're going to do it all. You're going to do it all. Right. Here's something you'll be hearing for your entire career, like I am. You're a very specific type. Okay, that's something you'll be hearing for the rest of your fucking life. Um, okay. I think it's a compliment, you know? Yeah, it's basically saying no one else is like you and we don't know where to put you. We don't know where to, all right. So um, I always I ask- I have a question though. Do you yes. feel like as you've gotten older, you 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 embrace that more? Like, do you feel like- Absolutely, you know- Yeah. At some point you get to this, the stage where you're like, okay, nothing you say is, I've heard it all. You yes. can't knock me down. I've been humiliated. Yes. Fuck it. I mean, but it yes. does take a lot of, it's a, it's hard. There's so many ups and downs and, you know, and again, you know, social media is really, I mean, t- talk to the people who are my, who've been, who were doing stand up. Before for that. over, yeah, before social media. And now it's like, oh, wait, we did all the right things and now the rules change. And But it happens all the time. You know, the rules change and I guess you have to embrace it, but whatever. Okay, yeah. so here's my two questions I ask all my guests. Number one, we are very pro mental health. Now we did talk about ADDDDHHHHHD. Um, do you take, what do you do for your mental health? Do you take meds? Do you, what are your, what are your mental health? I found the best life coach I've ever had because I've gone through therapists and they never worked for me. I fired or they've fired me. I don't yeah. know. We broke up. And, uh, you know, I've had diagnoses all across the board, you know, depression, blah, blah, blah. The only person who's ever gotten through to me has been my coach that I'm working with now. We talk every day. No way. Yeah. Every day we talk and he is very into action based stuff. But okay. He helped, me, he helped me through my dad's death. He, mm. told me, he told me what to do. He talked to me through the whole thing. I mean, he was amazing. Okay. Uh, the thing that I'm fearing right now is that yeah. he's a cult of personality. Um, <laughs> And you're too attached to him. Um, <laughs> Probably true. Yeah. How So you talk every day for how long? Well, sometimes it's longer. Sometimes it's an hour. And sometimes it's just like a check in like 10 minutes. And you have to pay for this. I do pay a weekly thing, but it's not too bad. And does he do this with other people? 
I mean, he's coaching a lot of people. Yeah. Wow. Does he have like a doctorate? Not really. He's his own, like talk about his own thing. You know, he does it his own weird way. All right. Can I just find out how old he is? He's got to be like almost 60 or something. Okay. All right. As long as he has life experience. But Um, I've never met him. We do it on the phone. Wow. You've never seen him? I mean, I know what he looks like. Right. But you didn't do Zoom. He's very into fitness, you know. All right. I don't know if I try. And he's L.A.? No, he doesn't live in LA. We're, he lives oh, okay. in Ohio or something. Okay. Uh, where the I fuck did you find weird. this guy? Sounds really weird. Have you spoken to your mother about this guy? Yeah, yeah. She knows about him. All right. How did you find him? Um, through a mutual friend. Okay. I'm very concerned about this um attachment you have. Every fucking day. Do you talk Pretty to him much. more than you talk to your mother? Yeah. Oh my God. This is mental. How long have you been um, life coaching with him? For over a year. Okay. I we, we need to check back in a few months because I need to know what the fuck is going on with this guy. He's taken over your life. Is he Jewish? No, he's helped me like, you know, take control of my life. All right, good. Fuck him. Yeah. Um, is he Jewish? No, he's Greek. Oh, okay. So he has hairy balls. All right. Now, uh... I can't believe I just said that. We always say Harry Balls in our house. Um, it's funny because his name is Harry. It is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, okay. Um, does Bruce know about Harry Balls? He does. Bruce knows about everybody. Actually, everyone in my life knows about him. And everyone's like, thank God for Harry. Really? Yeah. Everyone's like, thank God you met Harry. Wow. Yeah, is Harry been- married? No. Uh-huh. See, there's issues there. Does Harry have kids? No. Okay. There's something going on with Harry. Um, and ha- I, don't, I don't think it's like that. All right. Whatever. <laughs> Maybe he's he could be gay. And no, uh, he, he says things like you're like a daughter. You're like a daughter to me and stuff like that. Okay. You know? This is getting weird. Well, at least you have it. <laughs> and you won't Zoom. You go on the telephone. Just the phone. Yeah. No Zooming. So he could be jerking off is what no, I'm trying to say. Oh I'm kidding. God, <laughs> God I'm Don't so inappropriate. I'm Don't sorry. I'm sorry. Now that's going to be what you're thinking. <laughs> Take it back. Take it All back. All right. I'm taking it back. Okay. All right. Sorry. <laughs> so funny. Um, all right. That's number one. So we have Harry as your mental health professional. Yes. Um, and number two. Now I call the podcast, kill me now. Cause I get aggravated at everything because I am my mother's daughter. Um, yeah. What pisses you off more than anything in the whole world? Like what fucking makes you crazy? Well, oh my God, there's so many things, but lately, and I know this is over the top, but I can't stand people liking my texts. Oh, uh, with the it, finger up? Yeah, with the finger. Lazy. So, and, and they do it all the time and all my fr- all my friends do it. So it's like, I'll text them and I'll say like, you know, you want to talk? And then it's like, like, and then they respond. Why do you have to like it if you're responding? Okay. You know what? I agree with you. Here's what I feel is so weird. And I know you're a words person. So yeah, yeah, you love words and I love that about you. But here's the thing. We have gone from, okay, literally calling on a telephone and having a conversation making plans and then just trusting the person's going to meet, you know, like that's how it was. Okay. Okay. We've gone from like talking 
to then um, and and writing letters. Now to e then it went to email. You could send people emails. Now it's texts and with shortened words. Like they don't even have fucking time to write out the fucking word. Yeah. And then um, and now it's like not even react. Like you pick a fucking thing. Like I can't take it anymore. I can't take it either. And just, yeah, just say, okay. Like I'd rather someone just say, okay, than a thumbs up or liking something. And I don't like emojis either. I just don't. Yeah. I like, I like words. I know. I'm I'm the same way. And they're smart people and they're smart people just dumbing down. They're just lazy. Yeah. Their phone is making them dumb down. So they're like, oh, there's an option to be dumber and lazier than that option. Wait, this is the worst. Thank you notes for like a bar mitzvah. And it's like, dear blank. It's already pre-printed. That fucking pisses me off. I haven't even seen that. Oh yeah. It's like, dear blank. Thank you so much for the blank. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's awful. Yeah. I'm so happy. Is it handwritten or is it like, no, no, no. There are cards that are, it's like you fill in the blanks or don't fucking send me an email. Thank you. No, sorry. No, no. I always write thank you notes hand by hand. That's people a, and people will say to me on my on my uh stationery, and people will say to me, Thank you for your thank you note. Like I haven't ever received a thank you note in forever, you know, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah it's nice to get a thank you note. Yes. I love that. Yeah, I love that I you just, hate that. Yeah. You're an old soul. You're an old soul, Erica. I Erica Rosenblum. <laughs> You would have been doing so much better if you had just kept that fucking name. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's possible. It Not, is possible. No. No. Do you do anything Jewy in your life or no? No. Mm, you wouldn't have to think about it. <laughs> do you do Christmas tree and all that shit? And like, yeah, I mean, we do that. We, yeah. So we, Dean really gave it all up for, uh, Christy. He was sort of agnostic. He kind of right. just didn't care. And I kind of think it's funny that he got religious like the day before he died. He did? Yeah, like he suddenly, like I, at one point I asked him where he, where, or he said, where am I? Cause he was sort of, you know, right out of, like it. out of it. And then, and then I said, you're home. Like, where do you think you should be? And he goes, heaven. And I was like, wow. oh, now, now you believe? Oh, that's the day nice. before? Yeah. Like, cutting it. Well, close. it was all stuck in the back of his head and then it finally came. <laughs> But he's always with you. So um, that yeah. is the truth. That is the truth. I mean, my father died in 1990 and a day doesn't go by Aww. where I don't think of him. And same, my really mother. Close, really close. With I was. Yeah, I was close with my father and close with my mother, both dead, but both with me all the time. Yeah. You know, That's it just hard. sucks. Erica, you are a delight. And I really want to be on a stand-up show with you. So tell Bruce to fucking book us together. Cause I, I you, cause you're fucking hilarious. And I feel like we would totally, our, our stand-up would totally compliment each other's. Cause I I've seen you. Open yeah. For you. You're the best. Please. No, Erica. You are. Um, oh, you're sweet. Thank you so much for listening to part two of kill me now with the adorable, wonderful, wonderful, Erica Rhodes. She is so adorable that she wrote me, hand wrote me a thank you note. Okay, that's class, people. I love this woman. I love her. Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmeling. This podcast would not be possible without the help of Brittany Joe Sowards. 
If you like the show, what are you going to do? You're going to subscribe. You're going to leave a review. It's going to be five stars. You're welcome. Thank you. Whatever. Okay, please, please. Also, you're going to go to my website, judygold.com, and you're going to purchase my book. Yes, I can say that when they come for the comedians. We're all in trouble because it's really good. And if you haven't purchased it yet, there's something wrong with you because you listened to my podcast and you didn't read my book. Okay? The audio book is really good. And now that it's summer and we're all going to be traveling and driving, even though there's a gas shortage, you know, it's fun to listen to in the car. Uh, maybe not for the kids, you know, because I use some words. Also, check out Hysterical on Hulu. It's a fucking great great film about what it's like to be a uh, female because I'm a female comedian it's really really great check it out also I can't thank you enough for for supporting me and for listening because I can't believe we did I mean like 300 episodes last week that's amazing so thank you thank you thank you everything it would all mean so much to me if you would you know check check it out and all you know on my judybill.com and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Judy Gold, J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D, because, you know, I'm Jewish. <laughs> and um, thank you. Please get vaccinated. Please fucking get the vaccine, okay? It's so important. We got to get eradicate this. I said eradicate. That's right. So thank you all so much. Have a great, great week. Get your fucking shots. And as we always say, so long. Ga, 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 ga. <laughs> And uh, everything was wonderful. I'll see you soon. Thank you for the visit. Hello.